0: I had no hope for tomorrow Felt so much pressure, yes, I thought I would crack But now there's no looking back I'm moving forward, cause I know I got my armor now, no fear, no doubt Can't shoot me down, yeah I got my armor now, no fear, no doubt Gonna shoot me down, 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 down Untouchable, because you've already won me My victory is not in this flesh and bone It's in the cross and I know Nobody's taking it from me I got my armor now No fear, no doubt Can't shoot me down, yeah I got my armor now No fear, no doubt Gonna shoot me down, 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 down
1: Come on now, let me ask you a question. Didn't you want to get up and dance right there? Who wanted to get up and dance? All right, not very many. Okay, well, all right. My name is Ed Hires. I'm one of the pastors here at Shiloh. We are continuing our series uh, today straight from the heart, talking about things that are in our heart that can move to our mind, but then they come out in the words that we speak. And our title for today, which you may have guessed, is bulletproof, bulletproof. Um, if you've ever struggled with the area of fear, which is going to be our uh, comment, uh, our message today, you know that those lyrics were, were pretty good. And let's look at those for just a moment. I used to live like I was under attack, dodging arrows from my past. I had no hope for tomorrow. Felt so much pressure. Yes, I thought I would crack. But now there's no looking back. I'm moving forward because I know... I got my armor now. No fear, no doubt. No fear, no doubt can shoot me down. I got my armor now. No fear, no doubt going to shoot me down. So let me explain to you how this works when you're going to preach a message. Here's at least how it works for me. I prepare the message to make sure I have it to Luke by noontime on Friday. And Luke takes, and he does all my PowerPoint for me. And by noon, I'm pretty much first draft, 85 90% done. I'll come back later Friday. I'll go through it two or three more times. Usually give it to my wife, who's very encouraging, except when she's not. And, and then I get up Saturday morning. I go through it another couple times. Take Saturday, the rest of the day Saturday. And then Saturday night, I look at it for a final time. So I'm looking at it last night. I go through it. I've now looked at it like 20 times. I get done reading, and I say, oh, man, that's not good there's issues here. I called Steve, actually. He was moving a refrigerator. And uh, with him a bit about the direction, I was just, I was having a hard time. But now it's like 10 o'clock. I'm tired. I've been through the, and I'm just feeling like, oh, you hate to go to bed when you're preaching a message the next day and not feel really good about it. Trust me. So I'm getting into bed. God gives me the whole thing. I was too tired to get up and write it down, but I knew I'd remember it. So anyway, so what you're going to hear today, if for any reason you don't like it, Not my issue. All right. We're going to talk about three things when it comes to fear. First of all, we're going to talk about fear as a spirit. We're going to talk about what is the answer, and then becoming bulletproof to fear. Now, let's let's be clear. There are healthy fears, and there are unhealthy fears. Right. So, what's a healthy fear? A healthy fear is you're standing on a cliff, and it drops three hundred feet. And it's a little bit shaky right at the edge. And you're afraid if you go out there, you could fall down 300 feet. Healthy fear. Very good fear. Okay, how about you're climbing a a 30-foot ladder. It's rickety. The slope on the ground is uneven and no one's there to help you. Good fear. All right. How about walking down a dark street in a very bad neighborhood of town? Don't think that would be good. You're afraid to do that. Good. How about two muscle-bound guys, 300 pounds each, just going at it. You're 150 pounds. You're afraid to go in and try to break it up. Good fear. Good fear. So, but then there are unhealthy fears. Okay. Unhealthy fears are this overwhelming fear of dying, of, of getting sick, like getting cancer, uh, of losing your marriage when really the marriage is not all that bad, but you have this, this nagging fear that something's going to happen. Maybe it's your kids. You just can't get over fearing what's going to happen to them. What are they going to do? They're going down bad paths. Fear of failure. You know, a lot of people have fear of failure, which keeps them from doing things. Fear of being inadequate. Fear of criticism. So we have these unhealthy fears that God wants us to be victorious over. And we're going to be talking about that category. Now, there are some really good world, I'm going to call it worldly, natural-type quotes, not quoting the Bible, that people have made about fear. Most of you will know these people, except if you're you know, probably under 50. But anyway, if you want to conquer fear, Dale Carnegie said, don't sit home and think about it. Get out and get busy. He also said, fear doesn't exist anywhere except in the mind. Oprah Winfrey said, I believe that every single event in life happens in an opportunity to choose love over fear. Brian Tracy is a motivational speaker, a little dated. The key to success is to focus our conscious mind on things we desire, not on things we fear. Last but not least, this was my mentor that taught me this one, do the thing you fear the most, the death of fear is certain. That's not, that one I like, I want to bring that back in, in a little bit. See, there's certain points in those quotes that really are good. There are actually, there's some good advice there. But for the most part, they really don't help when people are really struggling with fear. If they help at all, they, they give a temporary reprieve, but then usually they don't keep it. They, those fears many times will come back. And let me tell you why I believe that is. Because fear is not an emotion it's not it's not reality it's not a feeling it, it is work, it works its way out to all those by the way but it starts here fear is a spirit 2 Timothy 1:7 says for i have not given you a spirit of fear but of power love and a sound mind so god says look that's not me that's not my spirit the Amplified says this, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity or cowardice or fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound judgment and personal discipline, abilities that result in a calm, well-balanced mind and self-control. Got to love the Amplified. But I chose that one because it has the best definition of this word, and that's uh, the Greek word that means Fear. And it actually, in the Greek, is interpreted timidity, fearlessness, fearfulness, and cowardice. But, but here's the word that we don't look at very often, and that is, I have not given you a spirit. Okay, so what is that word? That word is pneuma in the Greek. I asked this in the first service, almost no one there. Does anyone read the Clive, any Clive Custler books? All right, you don't get it then. I won't repeat it. In those books, it means National Underwater Marine Agency, but it's not that, okay? According to Strong's Concordant, this word pneuma is used 385 times in the Bible, but 47 times it is interpreted as an evil spirit. All the other times, it's a good spirit. This is one of those times in Timothy. And here's another important point about this, and that is that it's never... Used in a depersonalized way, what that means is it's always used about a being, something that ex- a, a, a being, something that we would use the word alive, versus you know just a general overall spirit of of evil. It's not. It, it refers to a very specific situation where there is a being involved, not a, not necessarily the same being, demonic beings. There's many. Um, if you've ever dealt with fear in your life, which I have, by the way, you know that the thing you're experiencing at that, at that time is not power, love, and a sound mind. And if you hear nothing else today, please don't take this as some, you know, type of thing, or Ooh, he's talking about demons. Fear's a spirit, you know, just like the Holy Spirit's a spirit, like the angels are spirits. Fear is a spirit. And And it's important, without that, you start dealing with the outworkings of fear, not the cause of fear. See, all spiritual attacks, by the way, and temptations to sin are spirit-driven. Don't get me wrong. But today, we're going to talk about this specific one that is called out in in Timothy. See, the Bible tells us very clearly that we do not fight against flesh and blood— We fight against principalities, powers, and spiritual wickedness in high places. We know that. We can quote it. But then sometimes when we're under attack, we fight very naturally. And you're sitting there thinking, Ed, we, we know that. But I'm telling you, if you're like me, I forget that. I forget that sometimes. See, unhealthy fear always comes with a vision of something bad, something that is not very positive. And as Steve said last week... The enemy gets that into our hearts, to our minds, and we start playing that tape over and over. We wake up in the middle of the night, and there it is. It influences our words and our actions. Unhealthy fear always involves one or more of three things. It almost always involves worry, but it also involves hiding and running. This happened at the very beginning of time, very beginning of at least time on this earth, with the first man created. Because when Adam heard God was coming, what did he do? He ran, he got behind a bush and hid because he was worried that God was not going to be happy with him. So many times when we're dealing with fear in our life, we run, we hide we worry. And that is the trifecta of giving the enemy victory in so many different ways in our lives. If I'm going to fight someone, I better know who the enemy is. And if you're fighting fear with natural ways of doing it, and there's many, you've got the wrong enemy. And also, you know, the old story, don't, don't go to a gunfight with a knife. It's really important that we know the bat, how to wage war in this area and what are our weapons. Second Corinthians 10.4 says, the weapons of our warfare are not the weapons of the world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Fear is a stronghold that is spiritually uh, driven. Most of the battles... The real battles that you and I face in life are spiritual battles. And to be truly victorious, we have to fight them with spiritual weapons. Now, we know there's the putting on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, blessed shoes, all that, and that's important. Those are those are definite weapons. But when we talk about what is the answer, you know, I've dealt with this issue pretty much over my entire life. And I want to share with you what I found out. My mentor, Jack Hartman, would always tell me in business, Ed, don't ever take advice from someone who hasn't been where you're going or where you're headed. So I want to tell you, I've been here, and uh, I hope that something I say today is of help to you in dealing with something that plagues the human race, this whole issue of fear. It keeps us from becoming all that God would have us to become. But back to that answer. So I have found in my experience with dealing with this that three things have helped me have victory over the fear in my life. And and I'm going to share those with you. And there's probably many ways to deal with this, but but having walked this road, I can tell you what, what I have learned. Number one, well, there's three Faith in God, love of God, and love of others. So faith in God. You know, Hebrews 11.1 1 defines faith very well. We're going to use the amplified. When we have faith, it's the assurance, the title deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. You know, I had somebody tell me once to demonstrate this that if I were to buy a lot in a building lot in Florida and I got the deed, I've never seen it, I've never walked on it, but I own it. You know why I own it? Because I have the title deed to that property. And if you want to get that property and you want to go build a house there, I will evict you because I own that. Faith is the title deed to whatever it is we're believing God for in our life, including freedom from fear. Fear is defeated by faith. Faith, not faith in your faith, but faith in a powerful and a trusting and a loving and an encouraging God. 1 Timothy 6.12 says this, fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life To which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. See, if you have ever dealt with or are dealing right now with an unhealthy fear, then you know it's a fight. Okay, but here's what the Bible says the Bible says it's a good fight. I don't know about you, but I don't always feel like it's a good fight. But see, here's what it says God has called you, He's called you, Dave, specifically. Do I know why God would ever call you? I don't. That's a joke. You laugh now. Okay, very good. Um, God has called each of us individually. Why he ever called me, I'll never know, but he did. And that gives us this confident assurance. If If we would sit down and look back, we can see all the times that God has just delivered us and taken care of us. But then every time something new comes along, it's like it's something new. Faith has this image, it has this image, and this is what we want in our heart. This is what we want in our thoughts. This is the tape we want to play. Faith has the image of hope and trust, and it allows for God's intervention when that happens. The Bible is clear. We start the fight, God finishes it, and he finishes fights really well. Fear always involves some form of dread. Many times... It's accompanied by this sense of hopelessness because we're buying in to this whole issue we're fearful of. Faith involves a confident assurance that the cavalry is on the way. The caval- cavalry is God and his angel army. But this faith in God, this ability to have this trusting uh, uh, confident expectation is tied directly into not how much you love God, but realizing how much God loves you. See, one of the enemy's ways to keep you from having victory over fear is to keep you from trusting God and not seeing God the way he really is, but seeing God as someone that's stern, seeing God as someone who's judgmental, and seeing God as being somewhat distant, seeing God as knowing you as you really are and thinking, how can God ever love me? and whether it's superconscious or subconscious we have to realize god's love is beyond our comprehension first john 4:18 says there is no fear in love but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment but he who fears has not been made perfect in love we love him because he first loved us see perfect love is rooted in realizing God loves you and me perfectly, even knowing that we are far from perfect. When we truly realize the wonder of God's love, which I think, by the way, is difficult. It takes discipline to get there. We find ourselves falling in love with him as we realize the love he has for us. See, I was brought up in a religion which taught almost everything they taught was your bed, You better confess your sins. You got to do this and that to get your sins forgiven. You're still going to pay a price when you die because you got to do that up in heaven before you go to heaven. And and the whole thing was about don't sin, don't sin, don't sin versus God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. And that belief, it's tough to shake even at my, my age today. Every once in a while, I can feel myself slipping back into that. See, there's... You have to have belief for both fear or faith. You, you do. One is negative. You have to have faith in the negative. One is you have faith in good and holy, in a loving and trusting God. See, realizing the depth and the breadth of God's love is critical to beating fear in your life. It's critical. But then, as we have faith in God... As we realize his love for us, if you're going to defeat fear in your your life, finding love for others is key. You see, fear always turns us inward. When you're afraid of something, when fear is gripping you, whatever it may be, it's all about you, understandably. You're struggling with something. How do you get out of that cycle? How do you stop that tape from playing in your head over and over? You do it by getting outside of your little bubble and reaching out and going, encouraging, helping, visiting, calling, especially when you do that to the less fortunate. It quiets those voices. Very specifically, as you pour out, fear finds no grip. See, Jesus told his disciples not to love others as, as you love yourself. He changed it when he, just before he died. He says, you're to love others as what? I have loved you. And then he went and he died on a cross. So, last point. Becoming bulletproof to fear. See, I chose this topic because this is something that I've dealt with and I knew What I knew, by the way, is when you're talking about something you've dealt with, it's harder, okay? It brings back memories and past and everything else. But you know, God in his grace and his love has seen me through just issue after issue. Now, I'll be honest with you, because I'm always honest. I'll be straightforward with you. Not as easy as I would have liked sometimes. Not as quick as I would have liked sometimes. But always... Always, and I have just like Steve said, I have to fight sometimes that tape that that the enemy tries to plant in my heart. You know, for me, it's it's a fear of failure, not measuring up, disappointing people. It comes. It's back to my childhood. I know that, um, but there's that sense in me, and that I have to measure up to God. That I can't fail because that will disappoint God, and it's just a circle and a cycle. Now, <clears throat> at my current age. That's not easy for the enemy to do as much. But anything where I put myself in a position where I have to perform and others would know if I failed is where I struggle. So remember, oh, you don't remember because some of you haven't been here, but the biggest thing I had to fight with when I got saved is my biggest fear of all was speaking in front of a group. God has a good sense of humor, Right? of the time I'm in this pulpit, perfectly fine. You know, God gives me a message. I come up here and every once in a while, this comes out of the blue. I just get fearful. I I just don't know if I can do it. I mean, isn't that stupid? It isn't stupid though, because fear is a... Whoa, let's try that one more time. Fear is a... Okay, yes. So sometimes, if you ever notice fear... That whole, the anxious thing, it can come out of nowhere. That's because it's a spirit. You see, I hide that well, unless you know me really well. You don't know that. Now everybody knows it. So this is a problem. But the fact of the matter is, I hide that, because I don't want you to know that, because I'll disappoint you and you'll think I'm a failure. That's how the enemy works. See God's word helps me and will help you realize what's happening when that goes on. It allows me to stop the enemy from sabotaging sabotaging my life with his lies. It allows me to use my faith to use my spiritual weapons. I remind myself that God loves me. He really loves me and he loves me just as I am. Go figure. I want you to remind yourself of that today. I want you to know God loves you. I want you to know that if you're in fear today over something, if you're really just in knots, if, if, if you struggle over this or that, and, and it just causes you to run or hide or, or worry, worry is such a bad thing. It took a, a while for me to, to learn some of this and to really get victory in it. And... And it's not, I'm not perfect. I still will find times where I struggle. So am I fearless? Nope. But I do fear less. That's important. Am I bulletproof? Nope. But I don't think there's any such thing as being bulletproof. So how to bulletproof yourself from fear? Probably not possible. How to make yourself stronger, how to be more victorious, how to fight the way you need to fight, how to use the right weapons, all that. That's possible. And that, listen, I made a decision a long time ago going through this that I, I, I said something I can't say from up here or I'll be punished by Greg for six months. But I said, I'll be darned if I'm going to not do something that I have a gifting to do that God calls me to do because I'm afraid to do it. And I'll tell you something, I've crawled into certain things thinking I was going to die to do them, but I'm just not, I'm not giving him that stinking devil, that victory in my life. And I want to encourage you, fight your fears. Remember that saying at the beginning, do the thing you fear the most, the death of fear is certain. We have to be bold. The kingdom of God is expanded by Christians who do things that they otherwise are afraid or uncomfortable doing. I'm not asking you to do things that you're not capable of doing. Okay, I'm not asking that. That's not what I'm saying. You should do everything people ask you. But you know what I'm talking about. You know whether the sins of your past or, or hurts from your past or instability in your life, whatever it is, you know you know that that can rob you. you. You can feel yourself hiding. And it's not what God has for you. So if you're at home today, or you're here today, and you're battling with fear, then here's what, what I would tell you. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So that faith in a trusting, loving God, you've got to get into his word. And when you get into his word, you, you find that ability to have that, that trust that he loves you. You come to that position as you read the word, God really loves me. And then you have that strength to pour out to others. So to do that, a long time ago, many, many years ago, I put together a whole list of scriptures that when I was attacked with any kind of fear or, or, or anxiety of any kind, I would take out these scriptures and I would just read them, meditate, study them, I've sent these out to hundreds of people over the last 30 years, and I'm going to offer them to you. Nothing fancy. Probably 30 or 35 of them, never counted them. But they're all things that help you overcome fear as you learn who God is, as you learn what you are able to do. As you learned, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God your needs. Don't forget to thank him for his answers. If you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is greater than the mind can understand. And this peace will give you calm while you trust in your Lord Jesus. So it's scriptures like that, that you can take, and those are comforting, and they're supernatural. Scripture is supernatural. You don't get better. You don't get more faith, you know, mechanically you get it because God says as you get into my word your faith builds I'm going to leave you with a scripture that is simple but it, it sums up what I need to know about my God and it's Psalm 46 1. God is our refuge, refuge and strength always ready to help in times of trouble Always ready to help in times of trouble. I love the scripture Kathy used. God solves our problems and our troubles so we can go out and solve others, people's problems. So I'm going to do that scripture one more time. But this time I'm going to personalize it. I'm going to ask you, I don't do this very often, I'm going to ask you to read it with me. All right, it's the same scripture. It's up on the screen. So let's read it together on the count of three. One, two, three. God is my refuge and strength, always ready to help me in times of trouble. I want to encourage you today that if you struggle with fear, God wants you to be set free from that. And if you'll take that building your faith, really internalizing God's love for you, and getting outside of yourself, I believe, like me, that you will walk in victory in that area. If you're here today and you have an issue with fear, I'd love to pray with you before you go. If you're at home, then you can just email me at ed at shilohcommunity.church and I will pray for you. Or if you want to contact me, I'll pray with you. If you want those scriptures, please, ed at church. Say, send me the scriptures and I'll send them to you. So, Father, we come to you today. And, Father God, you've not given us a spirit of fear. You've given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. But the enemy comes, what? To steal, to kill, and destroy. You've come that we might have life, a life that you have given us and declared is ours. And to give it abundantly, your word says. Oh, Father, I've been in that prison of fear, and it's not a good place. Father, I pray for those today that are listening in or here today that they will find the strength to trust you, that you have freedom from them, for them from this. So Father, I, and I pray if there's anyone here or anyone at home that says, and I don't know Jesus, so I don't know all about how this works. I don't know about how I can trust in him, that I can fight this good fight of faith. I, I don't know. And, and I would ask, Father, that you would right now. Lord, let them pray. Let them cry out to you. Let them declare, Jesus, that you are, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You died for them. You rose from the dead. Father, let them, let them cry out to you in a prayer like that. And Lord, you will save them and you will start them to this life of power, love, and a sound mind. I thank you, Lord, that you've moved me in my life so far down that path. Lord, I'd never want to go back to where I was at one point. I thank you for that. So Lord, bless those here today. Oh, I pray this message would take root and take, take to heart some of these things for those that are struggling. I ask this, Lord. In your precious holy name, Jesus. Amen. If I can pray with you, I would love to. Otherwise, have a wonderful day and enjoy this nice spring weather.